0: Welcome back to The Joker's Corner. This is, I'm recording this on August 23rd of 2018. And this is going to be a pretty decent-sized show. There was a lot of news, or potential news slash rumors. I don't want everyone to say straight news. I don't want everyone to take my word as gospel, because it's not. Like I said, these are mostly just rumors. Uh... But before I get into all that, I want to start off by saying shout-out to WWE superstar Seth Rollins for his Thanos-inspired SummerSlam attire. I am a big wrestling fan. I've been watching it since I could remember. And I didn't realize he was wearing Thanos until I looked at his boot, and I was like, is that the Infinity Gauntlet?" And it it was, and Seth Rollins is the man for that. He comes out all the time. Well, special occasions, he'll come out as, like, superhero or like geek cultured inspired attires and he's 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 the goat for that um but anyway into the news slash rumors uh the first thing i want to talk about is i just want to put the james gunn crap to bed we already know what happened with him for the most part but it is now officially confirmed that james What they're going disney will use james gunn's script for guardians of the galaxy 3 Um, And I heard a report that they are trying to find previous MCU directors to direct the next Guardians movie. I think they'll most likely go with uh, the guy who did Thor Ragnarok. I think his name's Watiti or something like that. Um, Yeah, I think they'll probably go with him because he was the most similar, not direct, not exactly, but similar to... That kind of style when he did Thor Ragnarok, like the fun quirkiness of it all. Um, So yeah, that's we can finally put the James Gunn saga to bed. It's over. It's done. No more. Let's. He's not coming back. I mean, he may come back later, but he'll like. It's over for right now. It's over. Um, uh, The next bit of news slash rumors we got is. Apparently, Disney and Netflix are in talks to make new series with new characters so first off, the Netflix Marvel shows are really they 're really good i'm not gonna lie for the most part they 're really good for the most part i I watched uh what did I watch I watched all two seasons of Daredevil i've watched season one of Jessica Jones I was a little. The the Luke Cage and Iron Fist ones. I was like, I didn't even bother with Iron Fist. I I don't like Iron Fist as a character to begin with. I think he's not strong enough to support a TV show. He can't. He can barely support a comic book by himself. So I I don't see how he's able to support his own TV show. But um, sorry to all those Iron Fist fans out there. But yeah, I like Daredevil show and I like the Jessica Jones show. I still have to watch season two of that one. I like the Defenders for the most part. I like seeing I like seeing them all together. If they're in a unit, like with Luke Cage and Iron Fist, I think they work together better. They should make a Luke Cage like a Heroes for Hire show. That's what it would, that's what it should have been from the jump, a Heroes for Hire show for those two, just those two specifically because they can't really hold a show by themselves. Um, well, in my opinion, maybe some people like Luke Cage. Well, a lot of people like Luke Cage. I'm not one of those people. Uh. But some of the new characters, yeah, they want to make new series with new characters. Uh, Some of my opinions that I think they could really work with is, uh, of course, Moon Knight. I think everybody wants to see a Netflix Moon Knight show. Uh, First off, I love Moon Knight. He's like one of my top five superheroes. Uh, So I would love to see a Netflix show. I think Netflix is the only place where you can actually do that character justice because they don't really have a rating. Like I mean, they have a rating, but they can do more hardcore stuff. And Moon Knight is a pretty hardcore character, so you need that. Um, who else could you do uh, from Marvel side? I mean, I I don't want to say Miss Marvel because I feel like Miss Marvel will probably go on like the same channel as uh that Freeform that has Cloak and Dagger or even Hulu with the Runaways. Some more teeny like. So I think I can't say Miss Marvel. Uh who else? Who else? Mm, Moon Knight's really the only one. I mean Blade. And then if they want to move if they want to do a Ghost Rider, like not Robbie Reyes, because he's always he's always been on T V. But even if you wanted to do Robbie Reyes, I don't think it'd be that hard to transition from that A B C show to uh Netflix but yeah you could do Ghost Rider, you could do Blade. Anyone that's like supernatural really or like super, like is like really dark and gritty will work really well with Netflix as they've shown with Daredevil, Jessica Jones. Uh, I'm trying to think who else could there be? Who else could there be? Hmm. sure cuz i think they're really uh, really already covered all their bases as far as like who can go on that platform hmm. well you know they're marvel they know their characters better than we do so who knows who they'll put on there um well, actually, I'm not even thinking properly, because now they got the X-Men back, so they could put some X-Men, like, solo characters on there. Mm-hmm. Let me think. Who can be some solo X-Men that they could be have on their own? Solo X-Men characters. Not for nothing the new Warriors could go on Netflix. I would watch a New Warrior show on Netflix. And if they ever get around to like fully working out a deal with Sony, if they ever do the clone saga, which I really doubt they ever will. I think Kane Scarlet Spider Kane, not not Ben Riley, I think Kane Scarlet Spider could work on Netflix. If they take away the web sling I mean they could do the web sling, I guess, but uh he has like these retractable stingers that come out he's like russ So I think that could work. I think yeah. Uh anyway, moving on. Uh if anyone remembers that Deadpool animated series by that was being made by Charlie Gambino, Donald Glover, uh that got canceled out of nowhere even though there was uh some test footage or I I don't know if it was test footage, but I guess someone might have animated like a, a part of the script. And it looked really good. And they cancelled it. No one knows why they cancelled it. They just canceled it. <laughs> there were rumors that apparently there was a Taylor Swift joke and I guess people were trying to say Taylor Swift wasn't uh happy about that joke and that's what she she used her influence to cancel Deadpool. Uh I don't think that's true, but that was the there was a rumor about that. But anyway, there's there's talks that the, Dead, the Deadpool animated series could still happen. Uh, I hope it does. I think Deadpool really works well with animated. Really, really works well animated. I mean, he works well with live action, too, as Ryan Reynolds has shown. But now that Disney owns him, I don't think they would want to... I don't think Disney has yet to make a rated R Marvel... Yeah, they haven't. They haven't made a rated R Marvel movie yet. So, um, there's, I don't think, I don't see it, I don't see them making a, a rated R Deadpool movie. And I don't want to see a non-rated Deadpool movie. I don't want to see a PG-13, unless he's teaming up with Spider-Man. If he's teaming up with Spider-Man, I'll be down, I will I will suck it up, and I'll be fine with a PG-13 Deadpool movie. But, um, that's the only, that's the only excuse, uh, Excuse I'll take. Or if he's teaming up with the X-Men. If he's teaming up with the X-Men, I'll take that, too. But those are the only two exceptions. Um, so, yeah, I hope that does happen. I hope that, I hope that rumor is true. Next we have... Next on the agenda, we have the talks that Marvel films and TV... Uh, there are some rumors that they could possibly merge... Uh, I didn't know that they. Well, you know what? I at first I thought they weren't, but then I I saw a report that I think Jeff Loeb is in charge of Marvel TV, while Marvel uh, Kevin Feige is in charge with Marvel films. But now there's talks that Marvel films and TV could merge. So that I don't know why they weren't doing that before, but they should because that way we can finally get the crossover that fans have been dying to see which is Daredevil and Spider-Man. Everybody wants to see Daredevil and Spider-Man. There was I saw a cool um clip on Instagram where somebody uh edited Peter Parker walking past uh, Matt Murdock while they were on the street and it looked professionally done. Like I don't know, it was it's that simple to do. Like you can just call in and I'm pretty sure um I don't Charlie Cox that's the guy who plays Daredevil. I'm pretty sure Charlie Cox would have been fine with just doing that in like for real. Like I'm pretty sure he would have been fine just doing that as like a little easter egg for fans and stuff. And I and I know for a fact he probably wants to do a crossover with uh Tom Holland's Spider-Man. That would be f- so cool. Like that's just Brian Michael Bendis' ultimate Spider-Man uh come to life. And if that's true I know uh I can't last episode I was talking about um them trying to have a person trying to first for when they eventually get to the Sinister Six in Spider Man, uh, that they need somebody to pay off or get have connections to get all the criminals out of uh prison. We already know Kingpin can get out of prison if he wanted to. I think that happened in Season 2, if I'm remembering correctly. I can't remember if he... Well, he pretty much was running the prison. Yeah, yeah, I think he still is in prison. But he was pretty much running the prison. He had paid off guards and stuff like that just to get some alone time with the Punisher. Uh, So I don't see why they can't use... If they're going to have this... If this this report is true and they merge, uh, the Sinister Six... For Spider-Man, it's pretty much you can use the Kingpin as the person to pay people off to get them out and then have Spider-Man and Daredevil team up to take out the Kingpin. Because at the end of the day, Kingpin, as much as he is known as a uh, Daredevil villain, he started out in Spider-Man. He was a Spider-Man villain first and they switched him over to be a Daredevil villain. But um, I think that'd be really cool if they teamed up as a, for them to uh, defeat the Sinister Six. Although I can't Trying to think of Daredevil like style villains, they don't really have superpowers for the most part. Uh, I mean, some do, like the Purple Man. Um, so yeah, I think I think it would work. I think it could work. Um, what other cool crossovers I would like to see happen? Um, well, obviously, all the TV people are mostly like Spider-Man people for the most part, like Cloak and Dagger. I would like to see a crossover. Um, if they uh, we can't do a proper civil war now because I still think new wars would work on TV better than they would in a movie form uh, da, 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 da. who else do we have on TV mm, well I mean I, if the TV works it, it could just make the universe that much bigger yeah they say everything's connected but it's 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 connected by like dental floss. Like it's not the TV. When it comes to the TV side and the movie sides, they're connected by dental floss. So uh, I I just want that to happen. I want that to be an officially confirmed thing so we can get the Daredevil Spider-Man crossover that everybody wants to see. Um. Ah uh, da da da. And the last bit of comic book news that I kinda want to talk about is that apparently Max Bemis's well not apparently it's confirmed. Uh Max Bemis's the writer for Moon Knight. Uh, and I also think he's like the, the lead uh lead singer of a band. I can't remember what band he's in. Um, but his run on Moon Knight is coming to an end with number 200, And I'm very upset with that. I don't like that at all. I've been i I've been i I've been enjoying Max Bemis's run on Moon Knight so much. Uh, I mean Warren Ellis's. I think it was Warren Ellis's that when I officially started uh, reading Moon Knight, I think he was the guy who was doing like the one-shot stories and wrapping them up in one issue, like the one-and-done issues. Uh, his run was really cool, but Max Bemis's as like a like an arc form of uh, storytelling, he's been a one killing it. Like I I haven't had a upset issue of his run so far, and I'm really sad that he has to go after issue 200, but I mean, if anyone is going to be celebrating the 200th issue of Moon Knight, I'm glad it is Max Bemis, especially since I think he had, um, because Moon Knight's character, his whole shtick is that he, uh, suffers from, like, um, ah, what's the, uh, dissociative identity disorder, um, and I don't think Max Bemis suffers from that, I think, but he does have, he did suffer from some kind of, uh, brain, uh, I don't want to say illness. Well, I guess illness is the proper term. I just feel like illness is such a negative term to use when describing uh, people that have these kind of problems. Um, but yeah, he's he's been really open about it that he's suffered from uh, brain problems or whatever. So I think he's he knows better than anybody. I mean, besides from outside of getting like an actual person with DID to write Moon Knight, and I think he's been killing it. Um, so I'm sad that he has to go. Uh, I think that was it for the news. I know I said it was going to be a pretty meaty news thing. I guess it wasn't that meaty. Um, and I guess we're going to go straight into the comic reviews for this week of, that came out, uh, that came out August 22nd. So we'll get straight into that. All right. So getting into the. Comic Book Reviews for August 22nd of um, 2018. I want to talk about, first off, we're going to talk about Teen Titans number 21. This is the first issue, besides the annual, I think it was, that shows the new team, the new Teen Titans, new team. Um. So yeah, the issue opens with the newest member, one of the newer members of the Teen Titans. His name is Roundhouse, that's his codename. I don't know their actual names yet, they haven't really said it. At least I don't think so. I think they might have said this character's name. I, it, first off, let me just say that this, I didn't, well, first off, the issue is Teen Titans number 21, the writer is Adam Adam Glass, and the artist is Bernard, che- Bernard Chang. Um, first off, this was the, I'm going to start off with the weakest uh, comic, and like I said, this was is a weak issue. Um, they're introducing, it opens with the newest member, like I said, Roundhouse, introducing the new team. Which consists of Red Arrow. I can't remember her name, but she's um um what's the guy? Damn it! Uh, What is his name? The Green Arrow's real name. Why can't I remember his real name? I know it's Ollie. Um, no, I think that's the nickname. Oliver. Oliver Queen. Why couldn't I remember that? His sister. His uh his sister. I can't remember her real name. I I read Red. I read Green Arrow. I just can't remember her name but her codename is Red Arrow. She's the newest Red Arrow. We got the newest Wally West, the Black Kid Flash. Um, And like I said, you got the new heroes, Roundhouse, this uh, genie girl named Dijin. It's a foreign word. I can't remember. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Dijin. Um, You got Crush, which is just a female Lobo, and uh, Robin Damian Wayne as their leader. Uh, The whole issue is about the teen titans have just defeated gizmo who was using uh, a toy store as a front to sell uh weapons from the back uh they mentioned that there's a uh like a bigger villain that they're trying to get and he could possibly be working with gizmo or whatever but uh so yeah they defeat gizmo in real quick fashion like it was really like i mean it's gizmo so i guess how How long he prolong a fight with gizmo? I guess this is how you prolong a fight with gizmo after they knock him unconscious they uh turns out he has a a backup plan which is to blow himself up so he can uh put himself onto like the digital space or whatever but yeah they they knock him unconscious so the the whole self destruct protocol uh starts off. Robin sends the new heroes to get everyone out of the toy store. And I like the way they did it. Like they Roundhouse—that's the one. Like they do have some nice comedy in this issue. I do. I will say that the character Roundhouse, who um, he, hes like, everybody get out the toy store! Everybody get out the toy store! But everyone's like, no. So, uh, Dajin, who's like their magic user, creates like this like uh, dragon illusion, and everyone, of course, of course, is gonna run out of the store if they see a fucking dragon. Uh, meanwhile like in the back house Robin, Red Arrow, and Kid Flash who are like the big three of this team uh, they're trying to figure out how to defuse the bomb first they're trying to find out where the fuck the bomb is um, so you have Kid Flash running around the entire like back house trying to find the bomb he can't find it um, so Jen appears and explains that she can maybe possess Gizmo to figure out how to stop the bomb but the only way she can possess him is that she uh, needs a master to tell her to possess her. But she, the only way to, for someone to be her master if they wear the ring that she's wearing. And she doesn't want anyone. She told herself that she would never let anyone be her master again. Because I guess the last time she did, she didn't enjoy it. So they convince her to let Robin be her master. And Robin's like, if, you don't, if I don't return the ring to you, Red Arrow is allowed to kill me so they uh she 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 accepts it um and they she's able to um remove find out that the bomb is attached is in, is in a canister or whatever that's on the back of gizmo and they uh they get it off but it's when they finally get it's like like a, like ninety seconds before they can uh do anything with it they, so they can't disarm it or anything like that. Uh, so Kid Flash runs outside and uh, gives the bomb to Lobo. A weird thing that I noticed in this issue is that like Kid Flash is like huffing and puffing like after he's finished running, and it's like weird because you're a Flash. Like why are you huffing and puffing? Like the only character that with super speed that I know like huffs and puffs like after he's done running is like the um his hits a guy from Marvel. His name is Makari. He's like one of the Eternals. Um, but that's only because I think it kills him, or it's like it. It fatigues him, something like that. I don't think it, it maybe doesn't kill him, but yeah, that's the only speedster in any comic book format that I know it like gets like tired from running. Um, but I guess this is like a new development for Kid Flash or whatever. Maybe this is how they're gonna get rid of the black Wally West so it can be like the main Wally West. I guess I think in the Flash war, they just confirmed that the, the original Wally West, like Ginger Wally West, is uh the fastest Flash out there. Which is cool because that's everybody's flesh for the if you I didn't know who Barry Allen was until <sighs> mm. until I like really got into comic books, but like cause I like watched the t v shows of course first so. The Justice League show, of course, that was Wally West. And I was like, Okay, that's Wally West, that's not Barry Allen. I didn't know who Barry Allen was until I started reading comic books. I was like, who the hell is this Barry Allen guy? Like, why is he the Flash? Why is he not Wally West? But then I found out through research and stuff that Barry Allen was the Flash before Wally West. So, um so yeah, I guess this is I guess I'm not saying that this is they're trying to get rid of the black Wally West. I'm just suspecting that they're that's what they're doing. Um I hope they don't. I like this new Wally West. Um and I think even though the fact that they have the same name, if they really wanted to dis- like distinguish the difference, just call the the other whichever. I mean, okay, let's go with the black one because the ginger Wally one has um been called Wally longer than this one is. So let's just call him Wallace. Call the black guy Wallace. It, it, it's so simple. Like I don't know why they're calling call him, him Wally still. Just call him Wallace and the other one Wally. You have separate characters now. Easy. Um. But yeah, I guess I don't know. Anyway, the issue ends with uh, the the character Crush, the female Lobo character. She's about to throw the the bomb into space. Oh, by the way, the bomb's a nuke, so that's why they're, they're trying to blow it into space instead of just chucking it in, like, a river or anything like that. So she's about to throw the bomb into space, but Roundhouse, who's, like, the team genius, says she won't be able to get into space because of all, these, all this scientific mumbo-jumbo. Um... So he's like, throw me, I can make it, into you can throw me far enough into space, because I, th- I don't know what Roundhouse's powers is, I think he can turn into, like, gas or something like that, I don't know. Um, they didn't really explain his powers that well. But, uh, anyway, the issue ends with the bomb and seemingly Roundhouse blowing up in space. Uh, like I said, this was a really weak issue, it was 4 out of 10 for me, weakest of the comic books I've read. Um... And if it continues on this path, I don't. I think I might drop Team Titans until we get a new team of Titans because I. Before the whole New Justice thing, I liked the Titans we had before. We had uh, the Titans before. It was Robin, Damian Wayne, Starfire, um, Wally. I'm. A, I'm. You know what? You know what? I'm. I'm done with the whole Wally, Ginger, and Wally Black. I'm calling the black one Wallace, and I'm calling the other one Wally. So we have Wallace, Kid Flash. Um, yeah, Robin, Starfire, Wallace Kid Flash, Raven, Beast Boy, and then Aqualad, uh Calder Aqualad. She they were the Teen Titans for like before the whole New Justice thing kicked off. And um they after the whole after New Justice, they made new teams or whatever, and Robin made a new team of Teen Titans. But yeah, 4 out of 10 for me, man. This was a weak issue. I just weak, man. You didn't introduce the... I mean, you introduced characters, and I get... I got the... Um. I got what Digin's powers were for the most part. She's, like, a mag, magic user, so I don't really... Her powers are whatever they needed to be at the time. And then Lobo... The female Lobo crush, her powers are pretty much the same as Lobo's, I'm assuming. And then... Uh, but, yeah, Roundhouse. I don't... If you are... Because Roundhouse was pretty much the narrator for this entire issue. If you're going to have a character who's, like, a narrator... You should probably explain what that person can do. Besides just, it seemed like he could turn into, like, gas. That's what it looked like. But I'm not sure. So don't take my word for that. I don't know why his name would be Roundhouse. Well, I guess because he's chubby. So I guess that's why they're calling him Roundhouse. But whatever. Like I said, 4 out of 10. Uh, Next issue we're going to talk about is Avengers number 6. Legacy number 696. Uh, The writer on this one is Jason Aaron, my boy. Killing it on Thor, always killing it on Thor, I have mm, sidetrack like before I even talk about the Avengers, Jason Aaron, you are a God among men when it comes to writing Thor. I' have never been interested in Thor comic book in my life. I started reading your run from the beginning just to try it out, and you won me over with that like the God bomb God Butcher, whatever the first story was um, and I've been reading it ever since all the way through Female Thor like I've just I've read even the um unworthy Thor cuz I knew it was going to be rela- uh, related to your story and that's kind of the reason why I'm reading the Avengers cuz I know it's playing into this bigger Jason Aaron is one of those writers he's kind of like Dan Slott in a way I think he does it better than Dan Slott because he puts like he he's doing overarching stories like yeah they are little arcs and blah 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 but all all these arcs are playing into a bigger picture and we're eventually going to get these crescendos and stuff like when we get these big crescendos, it means more. In my opinion, I think it means more because if you if you go with him for the entire run, and it all this, everything everything matters and it, every little bit you have to remember everything so it can um pay off in the end. So I kind of have to. So I get. I think the Avengers are now playing into his whole big thing because they everyone's talking about the War of Realms now. I think even Doctor Strange in his comic book. They were talking about the War of Realms or whatever, Cause I, and I and I think that's what his. I think that's why he's now writing the Avengers. I think once the War of Realms gets to Earth, because it hasn't really gotten to Earth. I mean, it's gotten to Earth in a way because all the um, all like some of the um creatures like trolls, dwarves, and stuff like that who have or elves have been who have been their their world or realm have been taken over by Malekith and his army. So they're kind of like using Earth as like a refugee camp type thing. Um, but once that war gets to Earth, I think that's where the payoff to him being the Avengers writer pays off or whatever. Um, but anyway, Avengers number six, legacy number 696, writer Jason Aaron with the art being drawn by Ed McGinnis. Um, this is the continuation of the final host arc. um. But before we start off with that I want to say it's a little weird because the cover of this issue had every member of the new Avengers team literally every single member of the Avengers team this new current Avengers team besides Captain Marvel and I think that's I thought that's I think that's just weird because they want in like the MCU they want Captain Marvel to be like the new front runner like I think she'll probably be like the leader of the the new set of Avengers if they continue to make Avengers movie I don't know if they are but um, the new set of Avengers, the new set of heroes that are going to be teaming up to, once the new the old guard uh, moves on. So I just found it weird that she's not even on this cover, but all the other cover current members are. That's that's not really how you promote a character that you're trying to get over, especially especially since Carol Danvers hasn't been the strongest when it comes to um, mattering in the Marvel universe. Like she's. One of the most, the only time she really mattered is when she like a uh, House of M, where she was the most popular superhero. But that was a alternate dimension type deal, so it doesn't even really matter in the real universe. So yeah. Um, anyway, this opens with a giant with the giant sized versions of the Avengers from the last issue: um, Thor, She-Hulk, Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, who has possessed the Celestial, and. Iron Man, who's in like his celestial God Killer armor or whatever, they're fighting the invading Celestials that Loki has brought with him. Uh, while Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Captain America are fighting the these horde of insects that are like when uh, they I guess they had like possessed a dying Celestial, not possessed but like corrupted a dying Celestial, which messed with the chemical biological not biological but like messed with the. DNA makeup of humans and that's why they're able to have like Hulks, mutants and stuff like that without people dying because I don't know if a gamma bomb is real but if it is real if if Bruce Banner got hit by that he would be dead, he would not be alive he would be dead but this is like explaining why we are able to have these people Um. so yeah they're fighting the horde of insects that came from the center of the earth and Doctor Strange is fighting Loki Um, the Avengers are thinking they're winning, but they are soon realizing they're not really doing anything. They're kind of just punching stuff with no, uh, success. Um, anyway, Iron Man realizes that they need to become, like, one mind and combine their powers using the Unimind, which he, uh, learned about when he, when one of the Eternals from one of the previous issues touched him at the beginning of, like, this arc. Um... So they use the Unimine, they become one mind, channel all their powers into Ghost Rider, who's still, in, like, possessing this uh, Celestial. And he takes out the entire horde of insects. So it seems like the horde was the whole reason that um, the Celestials were, were even trying to destroy Earth. It's kind of weird because the art, like, kind of confused me in this issue. But I think that's what they were trying to say. And um, so it looked like the, team, the the Avengers and the Celestials teamed up to fight the final host and the issue ends with Loki laughing saying welcome back Avengers so I'm assuming like this wasn't his end game I think this was like a uh, this was like a what can I say like a smokescreen to be like oh you thought this was as bad as it gets but this is just a distraction from what's really going on and you know with Loki you never really know he's the King of Lies, the King of Tricks, whatever you want, God of Lies, God of Tricks, whatever you want to call him. But so, uh, I think this was a. I think, in my opinion, it's like a six point five. Um, it's not bad in any way. It's just the art's really confusing. Like it's it it it's really really confusing on trying. I'm trying to figure out what's going on, like who's fighting who and who's teaming up with who. So I can't. It's really weird. Uh, I'm not saying Ed McGinnis is a bad artist. I think just the fact that they had giant celestials fighting each other—I mean, fighting—just confused me a little bit. I mean, maybe maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one who saw it like that. But I—that's just me. Like I couldn't really understand what was going on with the art. Um. Uh, moving on, we're gonna talk about Daredevil six oh seven with my boy Charles Soule, uh, with art by Phil Noto. Uh, I remember last issue they introduced, not introduced, but reintroduced this character, Mike Murdoch. And I didn't know who Mike Murdoch was, but apparently he was an alias that Matt used in one of the countless times that he was being accused that he was Daredevil. So he made up a fake twin brother that he acted like, and he would be, he had a different personality than how normal Matt acted. Like, he would say stuff that he wanted to say to Foggy or Karen that he wouldn't say as Matt Murdoch. So I guess he was kind of a dick to Foggy, and he would say stuff that he wanted to say to Karen, but he wouldn't say as Matt Murdock. Um, And apparently, he almost proposed to Karen as Mike, which I didn't know. Like, I'm learning new stuff about Daredevil every day. So, um, anyway, the story opens up with Daredevil confronting Mike in the bar with no name, which is, like I said before, is a bar for supervillains. And uh, he takes out some C-list supervillains um, but I will say this one of the sealess super villains in it in this whole fight is uh, Overdrive and Overdrive's whole ability is that he's like the getaway and whenever he's teaming up with anybody he's just strictly the getaway driver because his whole power is like he takes over uh, cars and stuff like that and he like soups them up and he's, he's like a getaway driver that's his whole main purpose but the funny thing I thought was funny was uh they go into the bar. Uh, they enter the bar with no name, and everybody, everybody. It's Speed Demon, White Rabbit, um, Trapster, and Over- Overdrive. And everyone's trying to. They were. They were all trying to get alcohol, except Overdrive, because Overdrive was all like, "He's like, look, man, I don't drink and drive, man." And and that says something. If a seatless supervillain doesn't d- drink and drive, no one else is uh, drink and drive. Don't ever say the Joker's corner inf- ever. Uh, promotes drinking and driving, so everyone be like overdrive except for being a villain. Don't drink and drive. Um. Anyway, to continue on, uh, after he takes out the villains, Daredevil, um, knocks Mike unconscious. After he says, uh, he was like, oh, cause Mike took out. Overdrive, even though Overdrive wasn't trying to fight, because he was like, me trying to fight Daredevil was pointless, I just take over cars, like, I'm not trying to fight, I'm just trying to uh, have, a, like, a, like, a little drink or whatever, not, like, alcohol, like I said, he doesn't drink and drive, but um, Mike takes him out, and he's like, yeah, blah, 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 I just took you out, and he's like, you see that, Daredevil, I'm like, kind of like you, blah, 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 and Daredevil's like, where'd you learn to fight? and Mike is like, "Oh man, I had the best meet. psh. My dad was battling Jack Murdoch and as soon as he says his name, Daredevil like knocks him unconscious. He's like, "You don't get to say his name, bro. You're not even real." Um anyway, Daredevil calls Frank to get a telepathic human to read um Mike's mind. And it turns out the Mike person Truly believes that he's a person named Mike Murdoch, born twin brother to Matt Murdoch, son of Balin Jack Murdoch. So he thinks that he's a the actual Mike Murdoch, but his mind is also filled with holes. So the way he described it, it was like he's like he's got the foundations of a house, but inside it's like there's nothing there. It's like empty house, but he's got the foundation. Um, so Daredevil and Frank go go to visit Reader. With uh, an unconscious mic, or they think he's unconscious. Uh, They find out that Reader was reading some braille that um, Daredevil's friend Matt had given to Reader to read. And since all the Reader has to do is read something using his braille, and he can turn it to, um, he can create it as long as he has, like, Rest afterwards. He was just bored of reading braille, and he fell asleep. And once his powers got recharged, he was accidentally on the part where Matt was talking about his his uh, his twin brother quotations Mike, and it brought Mike to life. And Matt uh, Daredevil was so distracted by his like this whole thing that he doesn't realize that Mike's heartbeat has started pumping again, and that he was like started pumping a uh, little bit faster, and that he. Uh, had become unconscious um, so he takes Frank's gun and takes the reader's dog and held the gun up to the dog and it's like yo everyone stay calm no one gets hurt I'm a, I'm just gonna leave blah 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 so he escapes from uh, the three heroes and also in this there was a scene where they were all like the scene where he's like holding the gun they were showed everybody in the scene and I just realized that every single one of the heroes that are in this whole arc that Daredevil, Daredevil is having right now, every single one of them have like eye-related problems, except for Cipher. I don't think Cipher has eye-related problems, but um, they all have eye-related problems. Like uh, Reader's blind, Daredevil's blind, and Frank McGee, he can't really—he has to wear sunglasses all the time because if his eyes are just flashlights the entire time, pretty much. So, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't really pay it. I didn't really realize that until just then. um uh, and then the story ends with Mike because Daredevil had lost track of uh Mike because he uh went into the crowd. He was able to get Reader's dog back. Don't worry, the dog is safe. um but he was able to uh the story ends with Mike after losing Daredevil uh Mike is holding foggy Nelson hostage. And that's how the book ended. And the cover for the next issue, even though most covers are just kind of like clickbait, um, it shows like a, it looks like a, fo- a dead Foggy Nelson. And in the background, Daredevil's fighting Mike Murdoch. So I don't know if it's just clickbait, but it looks like Foggy Nelson mm, is going to be in some serious trouble. Um, again, this is a really good issue. Eight out of ten for me. Charles Soul, keep on doing your thing. Don't change. You're killing it. Uh, the art was also really good. I I can't, I don't, yeah, he had to be the last artist, too, of uh, the last previous issue. But the art's really good. I thought um, after they changed up the art, I think they changed up after 605. I thought after they changed up the art in 605, it was going to go down. But, uh, no, it's still strong. It's still really strong for Daredevil. Um... Next one is still Marvel. Uh, the last comic book we'll review will be a DC one, don't worry. Um, but the next one from Marvel is The Amazing Spider Man number four, Legacy number 805, with the writer Nick Spencer and artist Ryan uh, We, For some reason, and this is something I've noticed with the first four Amazing Spider Mans uh, with Nick Spencer as a writer. Uh, they keep opening up with this hunter that's being hunted by something. And I'm thinking that these are just possible seeds for spider getting. So that's what I'm thinking it is. I think once the... Because normally when they do arcs, they do it like in six. So you can buy... When you buy it in trade, they have six issues all in one trade. So I think once we hit issue six, we'll finally be able to see what that hunter is being hunted by. And I hope it's not just some animal. And I'm I'm assuming it's one of the Inheritors because I think they're the whole reason that Spider-Gadden is going to happen. I don't like the fact that they're bringing back the Inheritors. They're, they're vampires. and it's, They're they playing the whole spider web of life thing. I don't, I don't like that whole concept that Spider-Man got his powers from like a magic spider totem god or whatever that possessed the spider. Like he was always meant to be Spider-Man. I don't like that whole concept or whatever. I like the fact that he got his powers by accident. Um, but anyway, turns out the Mendelstrom—that Mendelstrom, the old assistant to Norman Osborn that helped him create the Goblin Serum—is the villain of this arc, which made me lose any interest in a climatic fight between the the villain of this arc. As soon as I saw it was Mendelstrom, I was like, "Why? Why did it have to be Mendelstrom?" Um, but yeah, it, it, it's Mendelstrom is the main villain of this arc. Uh so yeah it turns yeah we find out that it's him and we also see that Spider-Man the Spider-Man side like in previous like as we found out in previous issues with the fact that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are now separate entities the Spider-Man entity is cashing in on his powers he's like being sponsored by like companies he's hanging out with celebrities and apparently which i guess is a benefit of cashing in on your powers is being courtside watching the Knicks which I guess Nick Spencer doesn't really realize isn't really a delight to see because they usually don't win, um, normally. Uh, anyway. We see Peter visiting his Aunt May for one of their, as I'm going to call them, their Sam Raimi moments. Um... Anyway, after they talk, whatever Peter Aunt May gives Peter a check to cash in because she knows that he doesn't really have a job right now. He needs some income. But uh, anyway, after this, Peter thinks Spider Man has gone too far by renting himself out as an Uber hero, which is just an Uber. But he's the Uber, Um, so he tracks down Spider Man and says, and he's trying to convince him to be more responsible. As Spider-Man. And um, as he's trying to convince him, he's using, like, uh, he's like, don't you remember who, uh, what Uncle Ben, don't you remember Uncle ben? what happened to Uncle Ben? And he's like, who the hell is Uncle Ben? And, uh, well, Spider-Man's like, who the hell is Uncle Ben? And Peter's, like, shocked by this. Like, he is blown away that he does not know who Uncle Ben is. So um, the Spider-Man entity webs up. Peter Parker to a wall which I found funny because Peter Parker's like wow this is really annoying I guess I have to sit here for an hour and try not to think about the fact that I have to pee (laughs) so I thought that was really funny um like again uh, Nick Nick Spencer understands Spider-Man's humor in my opinion so I, I really like that um anyway after the web dissolves and Peter goes back to the goes back to Dr. Connor's class and uh, he learns that if he learns that if the two sides don't rejoin, they're both gonna die. And he learns this because, like in the previous issue, Doctor Connors had explained to him that they used the um, I forgot what they called it—the genome accelerator—I think that's what they were calling it—to separate these two mice, the two mice I was ta- talking about in last time I reviewed Spider-Man. Um, they had died. Because they didn't, they weren't rejoining. He's all like, "Oh, thank God we didn't do human trials." And Peter Parker's like, "Crap!" So time's running out because he's already suffering. Um, they're already both suffering from uh, the symptoms that the mice were showing before they died. So time's running out for him. Um, the issue ends with Mendelstrom hearing a voice telling him not to give up. Because Mendelstrom is like, so like, "Oh man, I'm such a loser. I'm a whack villain." Blah blah blah, blah which he is. Um, but um it ends with him telling him not to give up and it seems like the voice belongs either to someone who hasn't been revealed yet or master mode because the it looked like in the background of this picture of this of the of the scene it was a big head of a sentinel and it looked like master mode. I'm assuming it's master mode and he was making like giving Strom Strom an army of Tri-Sentinels. Um, one thing I will have to say, and I could be, and it could just because uh, it's Ryan Otley, but this arc seems, when it comes to Mendelstrom, it seems really familiar to like the first arc of Invincible. Um, it just seems similar. I could be wrong. could just be the arc but it seems really similar not with the, not with the whole um two different sides like peter parker's fireman side that's complete that seems completely original besides the clone crap but it's not clones but um just the mendelstrom portion of it it seems really invincibly um that first arc in invincible with the uh, i think it was a teacher that was blowing up kids or whatever it just seems something about that seems really familiar i can't I can't say for certain if that's the arc I'm thinking of, but that's what it that's what i'm feel that's what I get whenever I see Mendelstrom in a robot suit and him talking to this tri sentinels or getting this army of tri sentinels that's just what I remember from reading uh, invincible uh final comic book issue that we're gonna review is. Batman Beyond number 23, uh, written by Dan Jurgens with artist Will Conrad. Um, first off, I'm so glad they brought back Batman Beyond because this, the whole rebirth of Batman Beyond has been awesome. I like the fact that Terry McGinnis is back. I'm glad it's not Tim Drake like it was in the New 52, which I thought was terrible. Um... But uh, yeah, they're back. Batman Beyond is back. And he's finally, because I always thought what would be, it would be so cool. When I was watching Batman Beyond the TV show, I always thought it'd be cool if Batman Beyond had a Robin. And um, the girl Max always seemed like she was going to be his Robin, but she's more like the tech person. Which I guess is fine, but, I, but the fact that they, he, he finally has a Robin and it's his brother, it kind of puts a whole different spin to the whole Batman-Robin relationship. Like, yeah, we finally have had... We've had, um... Batman picking up orphans or whatever. And then we had Damian Wayne, which is his actual son. But now we have, like, a brother relationship with Batman and Robin, which I think is really cool. Um, This whole arc has been... This news reporter, Adeline... I can't remember what her last name is. Um, Adeline, she... uh, Back when Bruce Wayne was Batman... I think he had beaten up her dad in front of her and he didn't realize that she was there. Um, But this, this whole event had traumatized her so much that she hates Batman and that she became the new version of the Scarecrow, which also is cool because... I can't remember if the TV show besides the Return of the Joker movie ever used... Well, they used Mr. Freeze, but it was the same character, Mr. Freeze. They also showed Bane, but Bane was old. They showed uh, Ra's al Ghul and Talia Al Ghul, I believe. Uh, did, any, did they show any other beyond versions of Batman, Batman villains? I don't think they've ever shown beyond versions of Batman villains besides Mr. Freeze, but I don't count that because it was still Victor Freeze. It wasn't a brand new Mr. Freeze. Um... So it's really cool seeing a beyond version of the Scarecrow. Like I want them to continue doing that. I want them to continue doing like beyond versions of old Batman villains. I don't want them to keep I don't want them to do it like every new arc is a new beyond villain. A new beyond uh Batman old school villain just beyond version. I don't want them to keep doing. It. I don't want them to do it like back to back, to back to back to back. Just space it out. Like don't always like like right now this was like a perfect time to introduce a new version of the Scarecrow. Because I didn't expect them to do that. I didn't expect them to um, introduce a Beyond version of an old villain. So it was a very nice surprise for me. Um, and it was just really cool. Uh, anyway, the the issue opens up with Batman and Robin are dealing with the mob that are under control of the new Scarecrow. And uh, Batman and Robin are able to deal with the mob by making them fall asleep using these gas pellets that Robin brought uh Batman. Um meanwhile in the Batcave, old man Wayne is having like a heated discussion with uh one of his old allies or friends, Jack Ryder, who is otherwise known as the Creeper. Um Jack blames Bruce for not being more aware of his like how scary Batman can be to certain people. Even though he's protecting them, he can be scary to certain people, like children, very young children, and that's what happened with Adeline. So he's he blames Bruce Wayne for the fact that uh, Adeline has become so messed up, and Bruce kind of like kind of thinks he's right. Like he can't really argue with him. Like he feels like uh, he is to blame for the fact that somebody is uh, messed up due to the fact of his actions as Batman. Um, anyway, after this whole scene, Batman and Robin are patrolling the city because um, Old Man Wayne has told him, like, scope, uh, sur- survey the city, try and find any traces of uh, fear gas that could be causing the, the city. the Because the entire city is, like, scared of Batman. So they're, they're trying to figure out what is causing it. Because normally the old scarecrow would use the fear gas, but it doesn't seem like there's any traces of any fear gas any in any neighborhood or whatever. But then Robin notices that the monitors around the city are just static, and um, before they they can even, because obviously obviously that's how the new Scarecrow is controlling these people. They, she's using the monitors, the static monitors, to take control of uh, her victims or whatever. And before I get continue on with that, and I think it was the previous issue. Um, Terry and Dana had broken up because Dana saw—I can't—I can't remember if she saw um, Terry kissing Melanie, who was—if I'm remembering—her name is Melanie, um, who was ten when the Royal Flush Gang. Um, she's trying to—Melanie is trying to change her image to to show uh, Terry that. She is a changed person because she wants to be with Terry or whatever. Um, but she's the only person who's not really watching TV at the moment, so she's not under the influence. Dang, I'm, dang it, I just ruined the, issue, the next issue for myself. God dang it. Ah, I hate myself. So yeah, I guess that's how. Okay, so yeah, I'm just going to continue on now. Um, Barbara Gordon, under the influence of the new Scarecrow, takes out the Batmobile. like She blows it up. Um, and so Robin and Batman are flying in the sky, but Robin is under control of Scarecrow now, and, uh, he takes out Batman's flight capabilities, leaving him to plummet to his death. So I'm assuming in issue 24, Ten, using one of her flight cards, are, is going to save her. Save him. That's what I'm assuming is going to happen. I hope. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I didn't spoil it for myself or anyone else listening. So I hope I'm wrong, even though I I honestly do see that happening. Um, But I also really like Dan Juergens' whole love triangle between Batman, between Terry, uh, Dana, and uh, Melanie. Because Dana knows that Terry's Batman, but she hates the fact that she's Batman. Melanie doesn't know, at least I don't think she knows that he's Batman. She could have known, she could have found out in the, like, Blast arc after reread that to make sure i'm talking facts but i don't think she knows that he's a batman um so that's a fun little dynamic to see it reminds not reminds me it's not similar it's well it is similar in a way but it's not exactly like how spider-man with the gwen stacy mary jane whole thing was it's different it's very different um but i really am enjoying that whole side of it and uh but yeah, Dan Jurgens has been really solid with this whole run of uh batman beyond uh It's really cool to see it like because you can really i can literally watch the TV show and then just pick up from the TV show into the comic books and it's really it's like a seam, almost a, it's an almost seamless transition if you know where to go when it comes to reading Batman beyond um and just skip like the entire like uh Tim Drake saga like just skip that part cuz that's just trash but uh it's really fun like Batman Beyond was is I have the all the entire series on DVD I love watching it so it's fun to actually be able to read it and see the story continue with uh with all the old cast and stuff like that so it's really fun Cast of characters, I mean, not cast of, like, voice actors or whatever. But, yeah, that was the, uh, that, that was, that's the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today in the Joker's Corner. Um, I know I said, uh, last time I was trying to get the anime stuff out on, by Saturday. Uh, something came up, so, like, I wasn't able to do an anime podcast. I'm gonna try It seems like I'll be able to do it again on Saturday, and I'll be able to catch up um, from the last time I talked about anime. I'll make sure I'll I'll cover all my bases, so we don't. um, There's not a uh, like gaps and stuff like that. Um, It it helps the fact that My Hero the next My Hero episode is just filler, like it's it's it literally could just be called the filler episode. So that helps me out too. So yeah, uh, like I said expect a anime podcast on Saturday I might be able to do that with my brothers if they feel like doing it if they don't have work or school um so I'm hoping I might be able to do that because they're into anime too uh if not it'll just be me and that's fine um like I said follow me on all my social media it's AJ on Twitter AJ on Instagram and that's literally all I have um and if y'all like the show and y'all wanna be a part of the show like because I want the show to get get some traction. And it seems like slowly, slowly it's getting some traction. Um, Or at least for me, in my, in my views of what I call traction or whatever. To make me happy or whatever. Uh, If y'all want to be a contributing factor to the show, just DM me some questions. Comic book related questions. Could be anime related questions if y'all feel like that works better for y'all. And uh, I'll answer some of the questions on the show. Um, and I want to also do an old comics podcast, too. I said that. Um, I've recently read Hellboy, the first uh, Hellboy story. Um, I'm rereading Amazing Spider-Man because I just like reading Spider-Man. Um, and what else have I been reading? Oh, oh, I want to do, um... I want to start Wicked and Divine. I've, 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 I started Wicked and the Divine. I fell off, so I forgot everything. So I want to reread it. And I'll think, I'm i thinking about just doing that as a, old comic books on there, too. Because Wicked and Divine is a really good series, especially for a, an indie book. And I'm not that big into indie books. But Wicked and Divine is a really, really good book. So I, I really want to um, read that and um, put that on the podcast here, too. So, uh, like I said, thank you for listening. Uh, This has been the Joker's Corner, and uh, have a good day.